0: Hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Behold podcast. I just wanted to give you a quick little note that this episode was originally only made as a YouTube video and it can be found in its entirety here as well as its entirety with the video on our YouTube channel, which can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of our Behold community and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Behold, a series for women longing to live a life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is episode 16. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Behold. I'm so glad that you are here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to continue our series on relationships. And we are going to make things a little more practical when it comes to your motherhood. We are going to be talking about your kids and how to relate to them um, throughout your day. So, but if you remember when we started this relationship series, first we started talking about emotional maturity and emotional immaturity and how important it is to recognize that our thoughts are the only thing that is controlling our feelings. Our thoughts control our feelings. The people around us don't control our feelings. Our circumstances don't control our our feelings. The world doesn't control our feelings. It's just our thoughts. What we're thinking about those other things is what is making us feel those ways that we're feeling. And so once we recognize that, it takes us into that emotional maturity. We're able to recognize that our kids aren't the ones that are causing those, those feelings of distress in us it's our thoughts about what the kids are doing or about the kids themselves that are causing those feelings. Okay. And we also learned with that emotional maturity that we get to choose, we get to choose our feelings and we can choose to have negative feelings and we can choose to have positive feelings, but we get to choose our feelings and we can feel those feelings. We are able to feel any feeling. We don't have to resist them. And then we started talking about the manual and how we all have a manual for other people. Well, we also have a manual for our kids things that we think that our kids should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And with our kids, sometimes we do express this. We talked when we talked about the manual that we don't always express it with our husbands or our friends or our other family members that what we think that they should be doing to be a good friend or good family member or good husband. But we usually do express it with our kids. We kind of have those things in place. Like you need to clear the table after <laughs> after you um, finish eating, things like that. We just kind of have these things that what we think kids should be doing. We do have that manual and we do tend to communicate it with our kids, but not all the time. And so we kind of talked about how our manuals are kind of the way we control other people. And then we had our last episode last week was about boundaries and how we can actually use boundaries to be a really positive thing in our lives and the lives of other people and how we can use them to strengthen our relationship because we're more authentically ourselves. When we explain to people the things that bother us and upset us, the things that kind of trigger us, and we make the decision that we love ourselves enough to either decide to work through that or to put up a boundary around it, then we can be much more authentic in our relationships. Okay? So that's where we are right now. So if you haven't watched some of those episodes, all of these relationship topics are kind of building on top of each other, and that was a really quick rundown, but you might want to go back and check those out as well. But today we're really going to get in to having a relationship with our kids and some of the things, some of the thoughts that have been getting in the way of that. So let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come fill our hearts and come fill our homes. Lord, you have made us mothers. You've given us these kids, these kids that sometimes do things that we just don't quite understand. These kids that are human, just like we're human, and are imperfect, just like we're imperfect. These kids that we love so much and so unconditionally, but also these kids that sometimes we feel like they are driving us up the wall. Thank you so much for these kids. Help us to love them well. Help us to recognize what a gift they are in our lives. And help us to be the exact mother that you always wanted us and knew that we could be. Please help all that we do to give glory to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alright. So, a relationship with our kids. I think it's we're living in kind of an interesting time. Because... First of all, we aren't as connected to each other as we were in the past. It used to be that mothers raised children together with other mothers. We had a village, we had a community, and that doesn't happen in the same way that it used to. And so we're a lot more isolated. So before we even get started, I'd like you to just recognize that you're doing something that other mothers in the past haven't necessarily done. And to add to that, we're, our world is t- turning another corner these days. There are new things, threats, I mean, let's just call it what it is. There are new threats against our children. There are things that we are raising our children to deal with that we were not raised to deal with. We did not have in our lives when it comes to technology and the, just some of the ways that our world has changed. And so first, I want you to have so much love and compassion for yourself because you're just learning. You're learning how to be a mom and you're learning how to be a great mom. Okay. With that being said, I also think that our culture right now is really pushing the idea of being a hot mess mom, being a bad mom. It's like cool to be the bad mom. It's cool to be the hot mess mom. And I think that that's kind of sad because I think that a lot of us do feel like we are the hot mess mom. And so, yeah, there's a lot of other moms out there that are like, just like us. But let's not stay there. Let's not stay in that place where we're swirling around in that, I don't know what to do, I'm a hot mess. Instead, let's rise. Let's rise to the challenge in front of us of raising the next generation of saints. And to do that, we have to form a certain relationship with our kids, and that is easier said than done, of course. Um, A lot of us will get into situations with our kids, we'll be going along, everything will be fine, and then they'll do something. (laughs) They'll do something we don't like, and we have thoughts about that. And those thoughts tend to lead us to feelings that lead us to yelling, and so we end up yelling at our kids. We yell at our kids a lot. And before I go any further, I'd like to tell you that I don't think that there is a single mom in the entire world who, that has never yelled at her kids. And so a lot of times we're spinning over here in like this, I'm a hot mess. I can't get myself under control. These thoughts. And when we're having these thoughts, we're also thinking that there's some ideal mom out there. There's this ideal mom that she never yells at her kids. She always has everything together. I'm going to tell you, she does not exist. There is no ideal mom who has it all together, who has never been frustrated or upset with her kids, who has never fallen down on her knees to God and been like, what should I do with this child? That's all of us, we're we're all there. And so when you're spinning over here in this, I am such a hot mess compared to all the other moms or compared to this mom or that mom, I can promise you that that mom is not completely emotionally regulated all of the time. Okay, none of us are. I think probably the only mom that ever was was Mother Mary, okay? And yes, we all want to learn from her. But we have a ways to go. We're fallen. We have a ways to go. And that's okay. And that's okay because we have the tools to get there. And we have the tools to, to keep learning and to keep moving forward. And so, on one hand, we don't want to stay where we are. We don't want to stay that hot mess mom who's always yelling at her kids. But we have to recognize that what is a good mom? Do we really have some huge, you know, like, do we have some definition? We don't have a definition, okay? Most of us say, I wanna be a good mom, but we haven't defined what a good mom is. So maybe spend some time, sit down, and think about what does what is a good mom? What does a good mom look like to me? Because my definition of a good mom is going to be different than your definition of a good mom, which is going to be different than your friend's definition of a good mom. But really, at the end of the day, a good mom is a mom who loves her kids. And if you're listening to this, you love your kids because that's why you're trying to get learn these tools to manage your mind. That's why you're listening to an episode about how to love your kids and stop yelling at your kids because you love your kids. Okay? You are a good mom. All right. So a lot of times things happen with our kids, and it doesn't matter how old our kids are. It doesn't matter if our kids are babies or toddlers or teenagers or adults, our kids are still going to do stuff in all of those stages in every stage that we don't think that they should be doing. Okay? And so when those things happen, we tend to have two thoughts. These thoughts kind of piggyback on each other. The first thought we think is they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be doing that. And when we think that thought, usually it is immediately followed up with so i'm a bad mom they shouldn't be doing that so i'm a bad mom now remember when we talked about brains when we talked about our brains way back in the beginning of this series the thoughts we think a lot and think frequently they get some really deep pathways in our brain and so our brain is really quick to pull those thoughts up and our brain is really good at having those thoughts run in the background So if your three-year-old throws a tantrum, they shouldn't be doing that. I'm a bad mom. Boom, boom, right there. And when you think those thoughts, you're going to have feelings. Those feelings might be stressed, overwhelmed. You might feel defeated. You might feel um, frustrated, angry. Because a lot of times we we feel angry when we think that, That they shouldn't be doing this. I'm a bad mom. And it's not really anger directed at them. It's anger directed at ourselves. Because we're like, I should have been able to figure this out by now. Why is this three-year-old throwing the 500th tantrum this week? I should be able to figure this out. I'm a bad mom. And then we're angry at ourselves. But that feeling of anger is there. And because we're not always emotionally regulated or being emotionally mature, we see that anger as anger at the child. Because we're looking at our feelings being caused from our circumstance and the people outside of us rather than from our thoughts that we're having. And those thoughts are are not, they're not with love and compassion. And when we drop into love and compassion, love and compassion for our child and love and compassion for ourself, we open up that prefrontal cortex. So in your brain, you have a prefrontal cortex and you don't have access to your prefrontal cortex when you're feeling fight or flight. So when you're having these feelings of distress and overwhelm and being so upset or angry when your kids are doing something you don't have that use of that good decision-making power so by doing thought work ahead of time having a plan in place when you have good use of your prefrontal cortex you're much more likely to keep that use of your free front, prefrontal cortex because you'll have a thought that keeps you calm okay rather than a thought that is going to cause you to start spinning Where you're just going to keep spinning, keep spinning, having these thoughts of they shouldn't be doing this. I'm a bad mom. These feelings of frustration, anger, overwhelm that lead to these actions of yelling at our kids because it just comes out. Okay. And then the result when we yell at our kids is that we're disconnected from our kids. And that's the last thing we want as moms. We want to be connected to our kids. Even though we do also want time to ourselves. And even though we do also need to have you know, this love and compassion for ourselves And we need, you know, we want to raise these kids to be, to be fully human, to be able to feel their feelings and manage their own minds. At the same time, we, ne- we don't want to be disconnected. Okay. And so you can have consequences without being disconnected. So let's th- run through a little quick model here. So we just kind of did a really brief, quick, unintentional model. Of what happens when our three-year-old throws a tantrum okay we have the first thought which is they shouldn't be doing this now we always only do one thought per model so they shouldn't be doing this is the thought and then the feeling from that how are you feeling when you think they shouldn't be doing this probably frustrated from a place of frustration your action is to yell to um, Or maybe you don't yell, maybe you buffer, maybe you decide to go eat something. Maybe you decide to go scroll on your phone, whatever you decide to do, you just decide to avoid, you're going to avoid that, that tantrum over there. And either way, if you yell at your kid or if you avoid your kid, your result is going to be that you're disconnected from them. Okay. Then we also have the model for the, I'm a bad mom. They shouldn't be doing this. Then we think I'm a bad mom. We have that thought. And so from that thought that I'm a bad mom, our feeling is usually something around failure, maybe anger like we talked about, maybe even resentment because we're in this job. We've been given this job as a mom, this vocation, and we're not handed a manual. We don't know what to do. And it's a job that never stops. We never get a break. And it's a job that we don't get a report card on. You know, we aren't having a... You know, our boss isn't coming in and saying, hey, you're doing this super job or hey, these are the areas you need to work on. We're not getting that feedback in this job in the same way we would in any other kind of a job. And that can be really hard for some of us. Some of us need that, you know, check in point, but we have to do that for ourselves. Okay. So sometimes we feel some resentment because we're just not sure how to manage our way through this job. And from those kind of feelings, we end up yelling or avoiding. And again, we end up disconnected. Okay, so let's go through that a little more intentionally. And so instead of thinking he shouldn't be doing this, we could think something like, this is what three-year-olds do. Three-year-olds throw fits. They do all three-year-olds do it. The most perfect three-year-olds in the world still will throw a tantrum sometime because it's hard being a kid. No matter what age or stage they're in, it is hard to be a kid. You are learning so much, so fast, all the time. I want you to think about yourself. Now, we've talked a lot about this that like throughout the series, that when you have something new coming at you, you're like, whoa, that's new. And your brain has a really hard time. Everything is new for our kids. It's new all the time. And luckily, their brains are not like our brains, where they just shut down when something's new. They try to figure it out and they keep going and they keep trying. Even, you know, look at a toddler when they're learning to walk. They don't stop because walking is new, they keep going. But we still have to have so much love and compassion because they're just learning, everything is new. Their whole life is new. Even when they're a teenager, their whole life is new, okay? They're learning where they fit into the world. It's all new. So, and to, to piggyback on that too, We don't, we've talked about that prefrontal cortex, that good decision-making. We don't have full access to that. It is not fully developed until we are 25 years old. 25. So sometimes you're gonna be like, wow, I thought my kid was, my teenager was really doing great and now they just did the stupidest thing. Well, they don't have full use of prefrontal cortex. Of course they did that. We're not gonna think they shouldn't be doing this anymore. We're going to start thinking, That's exactly what 16-year-olds do. It's exactly what three-year-olds do. They test limits. They push boundaries. And that's okay. And why is that okay? Because we're going to stop thinking that thought of, I'm a bad mom. Okay? I'm a mom. I'm a good mom. I know exactly what to do. Okay? Now, you might be thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a good mom. I know exactly what to do is a big stretch for me. I've been thinking that I'm a bad mom for 30 years. If you have a 30-year-old or 10 years or two years or whatever, it's been, okay, you've had that negative reel. And so sometimes it's hard to jump all the way from, I'm a bad mom. I have no idea what I'm doing to, I'm a good mom. I know exactly what to do in this situation. And so instead, we kind of make a bridge. We make a bridge and we have a thought between those thoughts. And I would encourage you instead of going, or if that's your case, I'm a bad mom and you can't quite get to the, I'm a good mom. I would just think I'm a mom. Your brain will believe that because you are a mom. Your brain will believe that and taking off that bad mom part of it, that bad part of it, you're going to be able to just saying, I'm a mom. It's going to give you a different perspective on the situation. Okay, so let's go back to the three-year-old. You're sitting here thinking the three-year-old is throwing the tantrum. Instead of thinking he shouldn't be doing that, you're thinking this is exactly what three-year-olds do, and I'm his mom. Now, when when we see somebody and we're like, oh, that's his mom, we usually tend to think that mom will take care of him. Okay? In general, we think that moms are capable of taking care of their children. And so when you say that thought in your head, I'm his mom, your brain is automatically going to kind of start to open up to the idea that you are able to take care of him. When you're thinking, I'm a bad mom, you don't have access to problem solving. But when you're sitting here thinking, this is exactly what three-year-olds do. I'm his mom. I know what to do. And maybe you don't know exactly in that moment what to do, but you know how to find the answers. We live in the age of Google. You can Google, my three-year-old throws tantrums, what should I do? And you can find some ideas. And don't spend all your time researching because that's going to disconnect you. You're going to be avoiding that three-year-old then and it's going to disconnect you. But, you know, tell yourself, I'm going to spend 15 minutes tomorrow morning and I'm going to find some solutions to this, some ways to deal with with the tantrums. Maybe because you know when your three-year-old's throwing a tantrum, there's no dealing, no reasoning with them. You tell them, honey, I love you so much. I'm going to have, I'm going to set you in this safe place on your bed, on the couch, wherever. I'm just going to let you cry it out and you'll be okay in a little while. Or maybe you say, I'm just going to hold you. I'm going to hold you till you're done. And then we can talk. Or maybe you have another consequence. And as kids get older, of course, we're going to have consequences and we're going to have things that, other ways that we're going to look at the situation. But it's the same idea. Okay? Because even with our teenagers, if they do something then we're going to think that's exactly what they should be doing. I'm their mom or I'm a good mom. I know what I should do. And then we're going to do it. Okay? We're going to give them the consequence. We're going to talk to them about what happened. And then as a result, we're going to be more connected. Okay? So we've been talking about a toddler, but let's say you have a nine-year-old. Nine-year-olds are kind of getting to that age where they're starting to test boundaries a little bit, maybe starting to get on an emotional roller coaster, rolling their eyes, talking back. So let's say you have one that's um, rolling their eyes. Okay. And you think, they shouldn't be doing this. I'm a bad mom. You get frustrated. You snap at them. Quit rolling your eyes at me. And you can see it on their face. You can see that they're like, she's yelling at me again can't believe my mom does this you know you can see you can just see it on their face or they're just get they get so hurt okay so your action was to snap at them and then your result is that you're disconnected or maybe you didn't snap at them maybe you ignored it and they keep doing it more and more until you bubble up and really yell at them for it and they're like wow i didn't even know that bothered you <laughs> okay so instead when we think oh yep that's what nine-year-olds do nine-year-olds rolled their eyes i'm her mom I can handle this. And then from there you take the steps that you're going to take. Now let's say your kid rolls their eyes for the very first time on Tuesday and you really don't know what to do. And maybe you tell them that. Maybe you say, you know, I really think eye rolling is disrespectful. I don't appreciate it. This is what's going to be the consequence when you do it next time. Or I'm going to have to think about this one, what we're going to start doing for a consequence because eye rolling isn't okay in our house. Okay. And then they're aware. They know that the next time they roll their eyes, there's going to be a consequence. Okay. And then your result is that you're not so disconnected. Okay. Let's think of a, let's think of a teenager example. So let's say you have a teenager who refuses to clean their room and their room. is just a pit and you're sitting there stewing. Their room shouldn't be such a disaster. I'm such a bad mom that my kid doesn't even know how to clean up their room. Well, of course that's not the case. Teenagers don't always clean up their room. Okay. And that doesn't mean that they're going to, that doesn't, we tend to try to think that these things mean something that it doesn't. We think that it means that they're going to, you know, be a terrible human being later on because they're not cleaning their room right now. That's how we kind of make it out to be. But did you have a clean room all the time when you were a teenager? Did your siblings always have a clean room all the time? Maybe, maybe not. And you probably turned out okay. Okay? It's okay. This is what teenagers do, and it's okay. But that doesn't mean you have to just live with it. It doesn't mean that you have to accept that they have a clean room. You can set consequences. You can set boundaries. You can express those boundaries to your teenager. All right? All right. So instead, you think this is exactly what teenagers do. I'm his mom, and I'm going to help him through this. And then you do. Okay? And you stay more connected because you're not just yelling and lecturing. Because the thing is, in all of these examples, our kids are really just seeking relationship. When our kids are doing things that we think they shouldn't be doing, it's typically because... They're seeking attention, they're pushing limits, they're looking for boundaries, they're looking for how to develop a relationship with you. They're looking for those boundaries, they're seeking your attention. Nothing has gone wrong, nothing has gone wrong. This is their journey. I know you've made mistakes, I've made mistakes too. And my mistakes were part of my journey, they brought me here. And your kids' mistakes are gonna be part of their journey. Just going to bring them where God wants them to be as well. So I just want you to remember that when you're with your kids, your primary goal with them is to be building that relationship because through your relationship, that's how you're going to help lead them on the path of sainthood. So when you have a moment, when they're doing something that they do need a consequence, recognize why. That most of the time, it's an attention-seeking or a boundary-pushing thing. And maybe they just need some time one on one. Okay, maybe that nine year old who's rolling her eyes all the time, maybe after she has her consequence, you're like, hey, you wanna go a walk, just a walk tonight, just me and you? Let's just spend 15 minutes walking and talking. She's gonna have her love cup filled up to the brim just from that little 15 minutes of one on one time, and you're going to be more connected. You're going to be thinking, this is exactly what nine-year-olds do when she rolls her eyes. I'm her mom and I know what to do. You're going to feel calm and you're going to feel confident. From that place, you're going to tell her what that consequence is for rolling her eyes in a calm and confident way. And after you do that consequence, you're going to spend that 15 minutes of time alone with her. You know, hey, I noticed you've been rolling your eyes a lot lately. Can you tell me what's going on? And maybe she will and maybe she won't. Maybe she doesn't know how to express it quite yet. But even just giving her that 15 minutes of your undivided attention is going to build your relationship. And so then your result in your model is going to be that you're more connected. And that's what you were looking for all along anyway. You were looking for that connection. So I want you to keep some of these thoughts at the front of your brain. This is exactly what my kids should be doing right now. This is what kids do. I'm a mom or I'm a good mom and I know what to do. Remember, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You can tap into that anytime. The Holy Spirit will give you an answer, will help you, okay? So keeping those at the front of your mind, keeping in that nothing has gone wrong, nothing has gone wrong. And how do we know that nothing has gone wrong? Because God has a plan for each of our lives. And yes, he's given us free will and he's given our kids free will. He's allowed these things to happen. He's allowed these circumstances. And because he's allowed them, he will make good from them. He will bring about good from them. Okay? This is their journey. This is their path. Just like you've had a journey and you've had a path. And that doesn't mean we stop trying. It just means we look at it in a little different way. When we look at this as nothing has gone wrong, that's exactly what kids do. We can approach that situation much more calmly, with a lot more use of our prefrontal cortex. We can think a lot more clearly when, than when we're thinking everything's gone wrong. This is a disaster. Everything has gone wrong. When we think that, you can, you can even just saying it, I can feel the, the tension starting, the overwhelm and the stress starting. And those feelings don't serve me. And I very much doubt that they serve you either. So we're gonna think thoughts that are gonna keep us calm and that are gonna keep us connected with our kids, okay? So, at the end of the day, I just really want you to remember that you are the very best mom for your kids. You are the best mom for those kids. And how do I know that? How do I know that when I don't, you know, you're thinking, you don't know me. I do know that you're the best mom for your kids because you're your kids' mom. Because God does not make mistakes. Because on the day that he was creating your children, he knew the exact kind of mom you were going to be. And he wanted them in your home and in your life. He wanted you for them and them for you because you are sanctifying each other. You were the perfect, perfect combination to help get you to heaven and to help get them to heaven. God doesn't make mistakes. Those amazing kids, are yours because you are the amazing mom for them. So I want you to keep that thought in your mind as well. That God doesn't make mistakes. He gave them to you and you to them. Okay? So this week, I just want you to start to change your thoughts when your kids do the things that kids do. No more, they shouldn't be doing this. No more, I'm a bad mom. And I think you're gonna watch the peace in your house go up and the yelling in your house go down. Because I was a mom who yelled at my kids quite a bit, and that's that's really decreased. I'm not saying it's perfect, not saying that I don't have my moments, but I'm more connected with my kids than I've ever been. And it's because of these kind of thoughts, the, the way that I'm managing my mind. Okay? I know there might be a lot of questions about this. I'd love to hear from you. You can message me, you can email me, you can um, ask questions in our Facebook group. I also do life coaching. So if you would like to get into this a little deeper, schedule a curiosity call with me. We just will spend 30 minutes kind of talking about what's going on and about how life coaching can help you, how we could work together. Okay. These are the kind of things that we talk about. These are the kind of things that, that we can help bring to light and help you to live that life more, That more of the life that you want to live, being more connected to your kids, to your husband, to your home. Okay? So thank you so much for joining me. I am so glad that you're here. And I hope as you're learning this stuff, you're just having so much love and compassion for yourself. God brought you to this moment for a reason. He's putting these tools in your life so that you can use them and you can move forward with them because nothing has gone wrong. This is exactly where he knew you would be. He knew you would be. When he created you, he knew you'd be right here in this moment. Okay, and I'm so grateful for that. And I hope you are too. And so this week as you get started using this, I hope that you'll see that these tools are helping you to live your life worthy of the call you have received. I'm Christy Horsch. Have a wonderful week. God bless.